What is going on, brothers and sisters? This is going to be a fabulous Rocky cast. We're going to cover the atomic habit of fasting. And I'm going to give you a tip at the end. And I'm also going to give you a Bible verse related to fasting. Because fasting is something that's totally transformed my life. A lot of you are like, oh my God, if I have to hear about fasting again, I think I'm going to puke. I know it's been good for you, but I like to eat breakfast. I'm not even going to listen to this because this is just total bullshit. Well, no, it, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it because it has totally transformed my life. And sometimes I feel like a TED Talk. What if I told you that one step could totally change your life? Fasting has totally changed my life and it can change yours in countless ways that you never imagined. So I'm gonna give you a study that you're gonna consider at the end by really smart people from Vanderbilt. This guy, I think his name is Carl Johnson, the, the famous Carl Johnson of Vanderbilt. He's much smarter than I am. So if you don't believe me, like, oh my God, that's just what Rock Nicole said. Well, Carl Johnson is gonna give you some good info, but you gotta listen towards the end so you can get this info. And I'm going to give you a Bible verse, and you're going to really like the Bible verse that I'm going to read, and I'm also going to talk about Jesus, so it's going to be a good one. So the reason why I'm so TED Talk-ish about fasting is that I just want to share a little bit of with you with my personal journey on how it totally transformed my life. You know, I was like 300 pounds, and I've gained a little bit of weight back, but not as much. I still look pretty good, at least I think I do. And I came across the fasting app, as some of you may know, on Facebook. And they said, you know, if you do a 16-hour fast every day, you can have increases in human growth hormone. You can get rid of your type 2 diabetes. You can add muscle and you can totally transform your life simply through skimpy breakfast. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, that can't be the, that can't be true. It's total lie. It's total bullshit. Well, I started fasting and I'm telling you people, it is like miraculous. Two years in and the Fastic app, I've been hoping that they would sponsor me sometime because it was the Fastic app. I think it's out of Germany. Um, they like to talk like this. They're from they're from Berlin, and they like where they like name is Dieter, and they like they do this app, and they they want the fucking Americans to learn how to like look slim because I look really fat. But in any event, so I use the Fastic app. They haven't given me any money yet, but basically here I am, two years in, and everything they said about fasting turned out to be true. When I started fasting, I weighed 305 pounds. I had type 2 diabetes. I was fat. Some of my friends said I looked bloated. And my face was all red, like all the time. I had dark circles under my eyes. I was a total wreck. I mean, I, I wasn't a total wreck. I had served on city council. But I kind of had that, like, Middle age, like, you know, like, I, you know, I'm kind of tired. You know, I could really work. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. My energy wasn't really there. And basically, within six weeks, I started seeing results. And by 12 weeks, people were like, oh my God, what are you doing? And it really was as simple as beginning 
to fast. And what is fasting? Fasting is an atomic habit that you can do to um, totally transform your life. Now, first off, fasting is not starving. Okay, these are two totally different things. Fasting is not dysfunction. No. Fasting is the voluntary cessation of eating calories. The things that will break your fast would be anything that has a calorie. Technically, you're breaking your fast. You can drink coffee. You can drink green tea. You can drink water. You can have a little bit of salt. And as long as it doesn't have a calorie, it will not break your fast. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. But the simplest way to start and is, is basically just to skip breakfast. And we'll get into some of the, the science versus skipping breakfast versus the social norms. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this little study from the professor. He looks like a nice professor. You know, so many professors like professor. He looks very approachable, Carl Johnson. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about whether you should skip breakfast or skip dinner and whatever works for you is what ultimately you're going to do. Because, you know, all the health people are like, oh, yeah, well, whatever works for you, you can go ahead and do that. So why is fasting? Why does it work? And you, you can look into it, but it's more complicated than just, oh, my God, I'm just not eating as many calories. No. It works because when your body absorbs calories, especially carbs, you shoot off insulin. Insulin is a hormone in your body that's excreted. I believe it's by your pancreas. I'm not a doctor, but it shoots insulin into your body to absorb the nutrients into your cells. And so carbs are particularly insulin spiking. Fat is the least insulin spiking. And protein is in the middle of carbs and fats in terms of how much it's going to spike your insulin. So when you don't eat carbs and when you don't eat food, your body is not producing insulin. And I'm sorry, there's a damn train. I live in a really small town with a railroad track and I live on the other side of the railroad track. So I'm going to pause and then hopefully I'll get some damn quiet around here. So that damn train stopped so I can, I can actually um, resume my podcast. So fasting works more than just calorie restriction. So when you don't eat food, initially your body's like, oh my God, where's the food? And then basically what it does is, is it usually takes up your stores of glycogen after a period of time. And glycogen is, is the stuff that's stored in your liver for extra energy when you um, are getting low on energy because your body is just like this constant glucose and energy hog. After a while though, when you your body has used up and absorbed all of those glycogen in your liver, your body's like, oh my gosh, if I don't do something, I'm gonna die. Now, what happens when your body realizes it doesn't have any readily available energy left, either in the recently ingested food or in the liver? What it does is it sends a signal to your fat because your fat is your stored energy. 
And that is where your body then produces these new things called ketones for your energy. And it's so cool. And this, your fat gets oxidized. That is, it gets used up. It gets burned just like wood gets burned in uh, when you light it up. It gets burned and released in back into your body in the form of energy and ketones. Your brain needs the glucose. And so it also does gluconeogenesis and it creates new glucose for your body. And, and, and it can do this for a long time. You can survive. Now, if you, I think, you know, we've talked about in some of our other podcasts about probably who shouldn't fast. If you're really skinny, do not, if you've had any history of um, eating disorders or anything, you should not do that. Uh, but if you have, you know, everyone has a little extra pudge, you're, you're fine. I mean, if you have some really unique, like you're a type one diabetic or, you know, all of these different things. Yeah, you should, you should, probably should not. But most of us, I would say probably 99% of us um, are fine. Because what is fat? Fat is your body's survival mechanism to survive, right? That's how you live. And that is how fasting works. And the nice thing about it, it addresses your hunger, which is huge. It's free. And it also, when your body is without food, there are all these sort of things that happen in your body as a survival mechanism. You get shots of adrenaline, you get human growth hormone, your mind gets sharper, because these are ways for your body to give sort of counter-regulatory activation so that you can survive and get stronger and live to see another day. Now, obviously, if you don't have food forever, you're going to die. But you're not, most of you aren't going to idea because here's the thing with fasting. It's always voluntary, right? It is not involuntary. And yet initially there's a little bit of pain in terms of stopping breakfast, but for the most part, it is something that's not hard at all because you can totally handle hunger. So with my coffee today, I did have a little bit of cream, I admit, but I basically never eat breakfast and I'm not, I'm not hungry at all. So I promised though that I would give you, and, and I think kind of the final pitch with fasting is that it's free. You know, because, you know, like the social worker that always talks about obstacles and barriers and constellations of issues, and then they lament that there's not enough resources because like only if we elected so-and-so, we'd have all these things. So-and-so can't go to the bathroom and they can't eat and they can't get housing and they can't do exercise unless someone else does it for them. And it's just too expensive. And I, and I can't do it. I can't. And that's the other thing. People are like, oh my gosh, this is really nice for you, but I don't have a lot of extra money. So I, I can't do it. I just, I have to be tubby my whole life. Well, here's the thing. It costs money to eat food. It doesn't cost money not to eat. It's free. Yeah, it's free. If you fast, you don't have to pay. Excuse my language. Forgive me, Lord. A goddamn thing. It's free. And I, I just still can't believe how awesome it is. It doesn't cost you anything. So if you know anyone who has a little pudge, 
where you have a little bit of pudge. Actually, you know what? I've been, you know, I could, I could lose a little weight because fasting is a tool, right? Fasting is something that you can do or not do depending upon where you are in the year. Feast and fasting. That's the nature of being a human being in this great creation of ours. So I promise to give you a tip and a Bible verse. So first, I'm going to give you the Bible verse, which is from Jesus. It's in Jesus, Matthew 6, 16. And it says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now here, I'd have to ask a pastor on this um, because I don't know how long he was fasting. But one thing that I think that Jesus was wrong on, when you fast, no one can tell that you're fasting. You're not going to look. And if you're a routine faster, your complexion is going to clear up because you're not going to be as inflamed. The dark circles are going to go out from underneath your eyes. Yeah, it's like a miracle. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But I think really what he's getting at is I'm actually kind of committing. I'm kind of not listening to Jesus here because I'm telling you about fasting when I really shouldn't. So I think basically what he's getting at here is that don't act like you're a high and mighty if you fast just to show like how virtuous you are. The reason why I like to share it with all of you is that I basically was blinded for so long and I didn't really think too much about my weight because I could carry a lot of extra weight. I, mean, I have such a huge frame that like, basically I just, I just, it's easy for me to put on weight. So in connection with religion, that's the other thing is that it is something that is part of a deep religious tradition. And basically all of the major religions, um, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, I'm sure it is in other traditions as well. And it is so good for you. So the only thing that Jesus is wrong about here is that it actually is going to make you look younger. Since I've started fasting, the number of people that are like, oh my God, you look so great. You look like you're 10 years younger. Well, it's not unique to me. It's just because of fasting. Now, you got to do it right, but it's really not that hard. Now, this question of skipping breakfast versus um, dinner. So if, if you're going to do a 16-hour fast, I think the first thing is, is just start fasting. You know, people always worry about optimizing. Optimize after you start the habit. Um, and there's a big debate now in the fasting community about whether skipping breakfast is better or skipping dinner. So I'm going to give you the biological um, optimization, and then I'm going to give you what I think is the, just the brass tack social optimization in terms of what you should do breakfast versus. And by the way, I skip breakfast. I'm a, I'm a skip breakfast guy, except on the weekends. You know, like if there's a pancake breakfast at, you know, um, you know, Earl's, your grandpa Earl's. Don't skip breakfast if you're with Earl. Eat your damn breakfast and don't fast. That's another thing where I think Jesus is right. Never fast during like a Thanksgiving or you know some family event. Eat your damn breakfast. Because then people are like, oh my God, you're not eating? And that will get into what I'm going to talk about. 
The bi here's the biological. There's a uh, journal article from 2020 done by the Dr. Carl Johnson from Vanderbilt University. So Vander, you know, Vandy, they're really smart. Um, they're an SEC school, but they're basically the Ivy League of the SEC. You know, they're kind of like Duke and all these other things. They looked at two studies, and this is just incredible, involving human beings. Okay, so there were two subjects. All the variables were the same, all of them, except the timing of the eating. So they had three or two age groups. The control group had um, essentially had three meals a day, the same food. The only difference was is that one of the daily meals was done at breakfast. And the other one was done, uh, presented food of quote unquote equal nutrition and the same subjects as a late evening snack. So technically it's not even a fasting issue and they both fasted the same amount overnight, except they just looked at the, the timing of the last meal versus the first meal. Okay, and this is gonna blow your mind. And Betty, the nutritionist, is going to say, like, and also, like, you know, there's this guy named Lane who's like, oh, yeah, fasting is just calorie restriction. All the traditionally trained nutritionists are going to tell you it's just it's just basically a calorie hack, that it's an easy way to cut your calories and therefore lose weight. It's much more than that. I'm totally in the fasting is better camp than just calorie restriction. But Betty, the nutritionist, is going to tell you. But so, so check this out and your mind is just going to be blown. It says, and this is a study from the Dr. Carl Johnson uh, from as a professor of biological sciences at Vanderbilt University. He said, they found that while the two sessions did not suffer in the amount, did not suffer, did not differ in the amount of food eaten at the, or the amount of physical activities in the participants, the daily timing of nutrient availability coupled with the body's increased metabolism during sleep, thanks to circadian rhythms, flipped a switch on fast fat burning. In each instance, late evening snacking delayed the body's ability to target fat stores for energy and instead caused the body to target the readily accessible carbohydrates newly introduced into the body. And here's what Kelly, who I think was like a grad student, the Dr. Carl Johnson, the late evening snack session resulted in less lipids, that's fat for those of you who don't, haven't studied biology, oxidized, and that's just burning, than in the breakfast session. Could these people just talk? Why don't they just call it fat? This confirms that the timing of meals during the daytime and the nighttime cycle affects how ingested food is used versus stored and that any food ingested prior to daytime prior to, prior to bedtime will delay the, the burning of fat during sleep. This is huge. Okay. And this is exactly consistent of my experience when I was fat. And now that I'm a little bit slimmer, I'm quite a bit slimmer. Although I have put on a little bit of weight lately, but you know, I, I do got to go to the group up now and then. Um, because basically when you eat just before you go to bed, you are doing two things. One, you're signaling to your body that you are awake. And if you're awake and you have insulin coursing through your veins and through your body, 
that's a signal to your body that it doesn't need to tap the fat stores, right? And so normally during sleep, if you don't eat, you should not eat after seven o'clock. Uh, so your body can get through its glycogen. It can get through some of its energy stores. And then it can really turn on the fat burning in the evening. And so as to this breakfast versus dinner debate, and here they said late night snack. So I'd have been curious, what did they eat like 11 o'clock at night? Most people that fast don't eat after seven. So that'd have been interesting to see like people that eat at six versus people that eat in the morning. But um, biologically, if you're looking to maximize the amount of fat you burn, it's better to eat breakfast in the morning because your body is more insulin sensitive. That is, it's more receptive to the nutrients. You're going to burn it throughout the day. And then if you stop eating with it at lunch, for example, by the time you go to bed, you know, let's say you go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock, nine to 10 hours later, your body is going to be pretty much done with a lot of the carbohydrates that you have eaten. And it's going to burn even more fat during the evening. So if you're looking at the biological issue, eat breakfast and skip dinner. But we all know, like if you're married or you got a significant other, you're not going to skip dinner because there's the social component to it. And here you always have to take that into consideration. In the evening, you're eating with your family. So which there's also super big sociological benefits with that. So I am a breakfast skipper because who gives a shit about breakfast? I mean, it's like, you know, who cares, right? Um, but for dinner, it's with family, spouse, or your significant other, your kids, where you break bread and you talk about the day and you lament Chuck at work. And oh God, that goddamn Chuck, I mean, he's such an asshole. Uh, you, 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 you have this word called conviviality. So sociologically, you should probably skip breakfast. Biologically, eat breakfast. So like if you're living alone and you don't really give a shit about dinner, you know, skip dinner and eat breakfast. That's the best way to fast. And occasionally do longer fasts. I'm about ready to do a 36-hour month fast. We'll talk about some of the benefits related to that. But this is like one simple change. We talk about atomic habits. So many of these atomic habits related to your well-being are free. The after-dinner walk is free. The act of not drinking a bottle of wine every night is free, and you'll save money. The act of optimizing your sleep is free. The act of your fasting is free. They don't cost anything and they even save your money. And there's a whole bunch of other benefits, but this, this podcast can't go on forever. I'll do some other ones on the other benefits of fasting occasionally. But uh, so that's it. That's this episode on fasting. Try it. Skip breakfast. Now it does take a little while, but do skip it. And even if you don't want to fast every, let's say like, I'm the hell with you. I'm not going to fast. I mean, do it for religious reasons. Do it, do it just occasionally change up your health. It will help you appreciate food. I think reset your relationship with food and give you a healthy relationship to food. And at some point, I think I'm going to do God rest your soul on Karen Carpenter. I think the fear of eating disorders and bulimia is really a totally separate category. 
um, and is not a result of fasting. Uh, it is, I think if you otherwise are a healthy, red-blooded American male or female, you, you, it shouldn't be an issue for you. I don't think it's going to start your, most of the eating disorders, I think, start from a different source, not from fasting, certainly not a healthy, because fasting is not eating and it's not starving. It's resetting to when you eat. That, that's really all it's getting at. So if you hear that critique, it's total bullshit. Most of the time, people who have never fasted. So I hope you found this episode as enjoyable as I did in, in putting it together. I know it's been a while since I put one out, but I've had a lot of things on the agenda. I got to make a living. You know, in order for me to grow this podcast, you got to recommend it to other people. I do see there's more international listeners like Dita, Dita from Berlin. And yeah, he's like, oh yeah, this fucking American podcast is total bullshit. Well, Dita, if you're listening in um, Aachen or... Munchen or Berlin, recommend it to whoever the hell your other friends are while you're pounding a Hefeweizen. If you're in Glasgow and you're in Glasgow and you're drinking a little whiskey, recommend it to your friends in, in Scotland. Or uh, there's a few of you in Canada. So if you're like, hey, oh yeah, I'm having a Labatt's. Yeah, you know, there's this, there's this crazy American down there. And, you know, he uh, he's a pretty darn good guy, but he's not as funny as he thinks he is. Hey, so recommend it to like, my name's Rick from Toronto and I'm a banker for the Bank of Canada. It could really help. So recommend it to other people and I can put on some more high quality content. Because I do, I have an infinite amount of gratitude to each and every one of you, especially if you've made it this far. Um, reach out to me, rockycast at gmail.com, rockycool at gmail.com with your show comments, different topics you would like to do. So much gratitude to you. I know you have a lot of choices. I know it's been a while, but we are going to grow this podcast and it is going to be, it's going to be one of the top podcasts in the Midwest. It really is maybe the world. So that's it for this episode of the Rockney cast. And my next episode is going to be on time. You know, that scene with red and Andy Dufresne time. Time, our most valuable asset, and yet the one that we waste the most. So we're going to talk about time on my final episode on Atomic Habits and the Mastery of Time. And I hope you'll find it as enjoyable as I am. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give me a favorable review, Apple, Spotify, and continue to recommend it to your friends, including you, Dita. Until next time, on The Rocket Cast.